Our guest today is a sports reporter and personality who spent 12 years at ESPN covering the NBA and this fall made the switch to Fox Sports 1 and Fox Sports Radio. He co-hosts a radio show each weekend and is an NBA analyst appearing on multiple TV and radio shows for Fox. He's also the president and founder of the King Movement as well as a speaker. I'm excited to welcome Chris Broussard back on Unpacking It. Chris, thanks so much for joining us. How are you? I'm great, Bryce, man. It's always good to be on the show. How you doing? I'm, I'm doing great, and uh, it's a fun time of year with, with football going on, but, but the NBA is back, and, and so we'll, uh, we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But, but I, I got to talk to you about your, your big career move, the, the switch to Fox Sports, and, and I'm curious kind of to, to hear the story from a professional standpoint, making the decision to, uh, to switch companies, but then also the faith side of it as far as the, the process of, of making a big decision like this. So, so how did it all kind of come about? Yeah, well, um, basically, you know, it came down to role for me. Um, it didn't come down to money or anything like that. Um, for me, it was about the role that I was in. And for ESPN, um, I had been in a newsbreaker, um, information guy, reporter role for the last few years, and they wanted to keep me in that. And yep. um, I wanted to move more into the personality or opinion role. <clears throat> opinion role. Um, and Fox was offering me, you know, that role. They wanted me as strictly as a personality and an opinion. Obviously, I give an informed opinion, um, particularly <laughs> with the NBA. But that really was the difference. I would, I, I really didn't have the desire or the passion anymore for just trying to chase news. Mm. Um, I was really more excited about what Fox was offering. So obviously, I don't have the exposure that I had at ESPN. But in terms of what I'm doing, I'm a lot happier, a um, lot more freedom. And uh, I just enjoy it a lot more. So that really is what it came down to. Um, from a spiritual perspective, it was just a lot of prayer. Yeah. You know, really trying to figure out, you know, where the Lord was leading me. And, um, you know, this gives me a nice voice, you know, because we know that sports, there are so many hot button topics now. And you can address, you know, issues like race and, and other issues going on in society beyond sports. And I think this, in addition to allowing me to, you know, critique and, and, and debate sports, which I enjoy, it also gives me the opportunity to share my views about race and other things going on in society as they relate to sports. So um, overall, I think it just, you know, I can get a, a stronger voice uh, here at Fox Sports 1 than I had at ESPN. Which is huge, and, and, and I love hearing it. And, and so what, what's kind of maybe the, the approach when it comes to the, the, the faith conversations? Because they do come up in, in sports conversations, and especially with a lot of the, the, the issues in society as well. So what have they kind of advised you on, and, and how do you kind of feel just about that approach? Yeah, we haven't, you know, we haven't had that issue come up um, yet you know, on a show that I've been on. Um, but, and we haven't really talked about it as far as what, you know, Fox wanting me not to say this or not to say that or anything. Yeah. Um, they know, they know, you know, I'm a Christian. I've been outspoken about my faith. Um, I think that's one thing, you know, wherever I go, people, people know that, you know, they yeah. remember 
um, all the some of the incidents, you know, where I've been outspoken. Oh yeah. And um, you know, so I, they know that's a part of who I am, or that that is who I am. And um, they haven't told me, you know, to shut down that part of your your you know your that faith your faith system or anything like that, or ask me to do it. So when it comes up, you know, I'll be able to, you know, just be free about it um, and talk about it. But obviously, more often than not, it's, it's just sports. And, and, you know, you may get into some social issues, but it's rare that faith comes up, um, you know, in your discussions. But obviously, when it does um, I'll be I'll be equipped and ready. That's right. Well, that, no, that's good news. We're talking with Chris Broussard, uh, new NBA analyst and personality for Fox Sports One as well as Fox Sports Radio, uh, leaving ESPN after after twelve years. And and I, I was just kind of curious because you you mentioned how you you just kind of I don't know got tired of the the reporter side of things. So. I guess I'd love to kind of unpack that more, just kind of the, the, the process that you got to as far as wanting to be more of an opinionist versus chasing the stories and, and kind of maybe reveal what that life is really like when, when, you're, when you're always chasing the next story to break. Well, for me, it, it was different because, um, you know, I was a beat writer at newspapers for uh, 14 years. Yep. And I covered the, the Knicks and the Nets and the NBA in general for the New York Times from 1998 to 2004. I was a beat writer, essentially. And when I went to ESPN, the magazine in 2004, one of the things I told them was I don't want, you know, look, I'm, I'm, I mean, I wasn't going as a newsbreaker. Mm. You know, I was going to write feature stories for ESPN, the magazine, and, um, you know, things like that. So, I was the, the the agreement was that I would do some television as well, and television. You know, I was on for the information that I had from covering the league, and, and for some of the stories I had written in the magazine. And over time, it just grew and grew and grew, and I was doing more television yep. than I was writing, and but which was great because I love doing television, and I also began to. Be I, I was doing I was doing opinion and personality shows yep. on ESPN. I was doing first take a lot. I was doing you know several other shows where I was able to just give my opinion. PTI. I was a backup for Mike Wilbon and Tony Kornheiser and things oh, yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, so it was like getting a taste of that, and I really liked it, and it was a lot more freedom. I compare it to if you read a newspaper. Uh, I compare it to being a beat writer versus a columnist mm. a beat writer you just report the information you really don't get into your own feelings about it uh you just report the facts and what's happening and as a columnist you get to write your opinion yep you know after you know having covering the leagues and sports you get to write your opinion about the personalities and the sports and the teams and so on and so forth so i was kind of wearing both hats at espn um, and then I would say it, the big thing was in 2010, that summer when LeBron James went to Miami, and I did well. You know, I really was busting my butt for those two or three weeks of free agency. Oh yeah. And I was breaking a lot of things, you know, about LeBron going to Miami and Dwayne Wade and Bosh going to Miami, or Bosh joining Wade in Miami. And you know, a lot of I got a lot of good scoops over that time period. 
And I think that's when ESPN began to see me as, you know, this newsbreaker for the NBA. Yep. That I could be kind of that guy, um, you know, for the NBA. And so it was great for my career because it did take me to another level. I was on the countdown show with Magic Johnson. Definitely. Uh, the, the 2012 season. I was doing – then from there I went to doing sideline reporting. So it definitely helped me. But at the same time, eventually ESPN began to pigeonhole me into that one role of just breaking news, just working the phones, trying to get scoops and transactions and things like that. And, again, I never went there for that. You know, mm. I never wanted that role. You know, I would, you know, and I, and then it, I, because I was doing so much television, I really wasn't doing any feature stories anymore. Ah. You know, so I, I kind of had gotten away from the magazine. And so, um, yeah, it just, it, 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 and once they started viewing me kind of solely as a news break, almost like an Adam Schefter of the NBA. Yep. Um, you know, you don't see Schefter doing debate shows and opinion shows. Um, you know, you don't see him writing big feature stories and, and stuff like that. He strictly go get the news. Once they started seeing me like that, you know, it just was something I just had no desire to do and had not had a desire to do yeah. since I left newspapers. It just kind of, <laughs> it just kind of happened to be honest. It wasn't like, uh, you know, where I sat down with some of the editors and said, okay, this is what you're going to do. It really, it was, you know, I was able to get good information over the years and it just kind of morphed into that role to where that's what they began seeing me as. And so, you know, I wasn't, again, I just didn't, I wasn't happy in that situation. Yep. Um, you know, and that's really, like I said, Fox was offering more of the personality and opinion and um, so when I got the chance, you know, I, I decided to go ahead and join them. Uh, I love it. No, I, I get it because I, I did play-by-play in college and, and doing a talk show, and I chose the talk show. So I, I'm, I'm definitely yep. right, right there with you. So yep. that's what, that's what yep. makes media fun. There are different avenues, and you got to fit where your, your personality and skill set uh, lies. So uh, we're, we're talking with Chris Broussard from, from Fox Sports right now on unpacking it and and so you, you make a big career move so how, how does this affect your your family and just kind of your life as far as do, did you have to move or, or anything like that yeah it's um my daughters are in college i have two daughters so they're in college so oh, okay. really that made it a lot easier uh one is at the university of pennsylvania in philadelphia um and another one is at michigan university of michigan so uh, they're doing very well. We're proud of them, and they're at great schools, and, you know, they're, they're, they're great. Yeah. Um, I have moved to uh, L.A., Los Angeles, um, and, you know, the empty nester life, you can't complain about that. Man. Um, at the first week, I was in a funk kind of without my daughters, but then, um, it, you know, it gives you and your wife a lot more time together to enjoy each other. So, um, so it's all good. Wow, that that's great. Well, well, what has been the the biggest transition then from uh, from going to an empty nester? Is it what you expected, or or what's what's been the toughest part of it? Well, it was like I said, the first week I was kind of a funk, um, and I told my wife, I said, "Man, you know, I feel like I had a project. I was working on a project for eighteen years, 
Man. You know, yeah. and you yeah. are. You know, you're trying to mold your girls into, you know, and, and pour your val- the values of the Lord into them. And, you know, you're just very much, you know, watching everything, get them the best education, you know, um, hopefully they're in a good friend group. And, you know, just really it's, it, it, it is totally all-consuming being a parent. And um, so I said, I feel like I've been on this project for 18 years. And then all of a sudden it's over like mm. that. You know what I mean? Yep, yep. Because when they go away to school, you just have to trust, put your trust in the Lord and, um, you know, hope that the values you instilled in them uh, will come to fruition because you really have no more control over it, you know? No. And um, like I said, they're making us proud and they're, they're great young ladies. Um, and, you know, it's just, you know, it's kind of like being married before you had kids. But now you have more perspective, and I think you're able to enjoy the time more. And also, you probably, in most cases, you have more money, so you can enjoy it more. You know, <laughs> that's right. And uh, it's, it's been it's been really good. Been uh, good. Very very cool. Chris Broussard, our guest right now on unpacking it. And, and, and of course, you're, you're very uh, busy with, with your, your new role at, at Fox Sports, but, but you're also the founder and president of the King Movement, uh, which is all about empowering men to reach their God-given potential in every realm of life. And, and you've shared about the, the ministry before on the show, uh, but would love to kind of hear what the, the latest is or, or any cool stories to, to share with, with the ministry. Yeah, it's really going well. Um, we have 14 chapters now nationwide. Wow. Um, some of them are really beginning to thrive, you know, San Antonio, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, New, New York City, northern New Jersey, uh, Camden, New Jersey, um, Atlanta. So things are going well. Um, one thing I'd say is uh, to some of the listeners, we would love, we're trying, we have a website uh, that's kingmovement.com. And you can join our community. Um, it's not doesn't mean you're joining the King Movement, but it's you can join our community and stay abreast of what's going on. And you know, there's chat rooms available, things like that. Um, so I would encourage men to go to KingMovement.com and do that. Um, you also will see we have several blogs uh, that are running on the website. Um, about, you know, various issues, some just straight biblical and, and dealing with Christian manhood issues. Yeah. Others dealing with more contemporary issues going on in society. So um, we're really excited. Um, you know, we still have a ways to go, obviously. But, you know, God has really been blessing us lately. And um, the ministry's been growing. And so we're, we're very glad about that. Oh, that's good to hear. And, and then the other kind of piece of that is, is your, your speaking. And, and ChrisBroussardSpeaks.com is, is the website for more info there. But, but what are some of the, the topics that you've been most passionate about recently or, or some of the things that, that has just been on your heart that, that you've enjoyed sharing with, with different groups? Well, I always, a lot of times, you know, I'll speak somewhere and I'll share my testimony, how I came to the Lord. I was just recently in a church in um, in North Carolina, uh, Cramerton, North Carolina. Oh, yeah. Yep. And I shared there uh, with my testimony with a, a group of uh, a few hundred people. So that went well. Um, I spoke recently at a church in Houston. Um, I think my title, yeah, my message was called recipe for revival mm, nice. <laughs> and it was about how um you know we as individual believers and corporate 
as a corporate group, the body of Christ, you know, things that we could do to help to try to spark revival here in America, because I think we, we all can agree as, as believers that we are a nation in need of revival. And, um, you know, I really, I really would like to see the body of Christ unite across racial denominational political lines. I think that would be a great witness, especially in this day and age where racial tensions um, are very heightened. Definitely. And, um, you know, and also as King, it's a, it's a men's movement, a brotherhood. Um, I think boys and men really need an example of biblical manhood. That's right. And so um, those are a few of the things we want to do and hope to do as the King movement. So um, those are some of the things that have been, been on my heart recently. Oh, that's, that's neat. And, and then what about just even kind of personally, uh, as far as anything you've been studying or, or anything that God's been revealing to you personally in, in your own kind of, kind of walk and, and growth uh, toward Jesus? Yeah, I, I would say it, yesterday I was studying the word in the morning and um, God put on my heart about, you know, the scripture where Jesus says you have to become like little children mm. um, to enter the kingdom of God. You know, if you don't become like these little children, you'll by no means enter the kingdom of God. And I think, you know, that really was ministering to me. I had obviously read that scripture many times before, but just praying and, you know, thinking about, you know, as children, you, you believe whatever your parents say. You know, I remember when my girls, when they were four or five years old, I would say, you know, here, go throw this away for me. Throw this paper in the trash for me. And they would come over excitedly and <laughs> run and throw it in the trash. It, it might be in the next room or something. And they do it. And, you know, as obviously as they get older, then if you ask them that, they look at you sideways and roll their eyes. And why can't you do it yourself? You know, I love stuff it. like that. I love it. So, um, you know, it just showed me how, you know, we really need to just trust in the Lord and not in our own understanding and our own, what we think is our own knowledge, um, but just really trust in the Lord like children trust in their parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and that means, and I, 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 I got to be honest, I, I was feeling like as I was studying that, I think a lot of times in the body of Christ, especially, you know, when I, I listen to some preachers and yeah. and believers and things and, and obviously none of us are perfect and, you know, everybody has their challenges and their struggles and, and things like that. But I think that a lot of times nowadays the church is giving uh, the devil or the flesh more credit than we're giving God. Mm. You know, because I think, and I think part of it is trying, trying to reach the world, like trying to identify more with the world by saying, Hey, I'm, I'm stuck in this sin or, you know, I do this. I, you know, I'm, I'm not delivered from this or I'm struggling with, you know, we, we try to identify with the world's sinfulness. Mm. Um, and we, we do it in a way where we think we're being humble, Uh you know, and and we're trying to, you know, we're not trying to be self-righteous and, and, you know, with, you know, all that stuff and like we got it all together. Um, but I think a lot of times, you know, that can that's a lot of times we're, what we're actually doing is putting more faith 
in the devil and in the flesh than we're putting in God. Wow. You know, God promises us victory. That's right. You know, he said we're free from sin. He, we should have an optimistic view toward, you know, life and toward our individual walks with the Lord, toward, you know, our ability to overcome whatever sins, you know, we, we've been challenged with in our lives. And I don't hear that as much in the body. Mm. You know, I hear a lot of, you know, well, you know, none of us is, you know, we only human. And we know that's all true. Nobody's yep. saying yep. they're perfect. Yep. But God also said we're set free from sin. You uh, know, he said, you know, that um, walk as Jesus walked. You right. know, those who say they believe in him ought to walk as he walked. And I believe there's victory. It's great. There, there's victory to know you can be delivered from this. And um, I think there's some defeatist attitude creeping into the church. And so um, that's really what I was getting out of that scripture about how children, you know, they believe that if your father says you can do something or your mother says you can do something, you believe it and (laughs) you go to do it, you know. And that's what God's saying. God's saying, when I said you're set free from sin, when I said sin does not have dominion over you, you know, I mean it. And you, if you come become like a child and believe it, then you'll be delivered from, you know, sexual immorality or delivered from divorce or delivered from, you know, racism or delivered from, you know, alcohol abuse or drug abuse, you know, whatever it might be. Amen. Um, I want us, we, we, including myself, you know, I'm not saying I've arrived, but I want to have that victorious mindset where I just believe in faith like a little child that God has delivered me. God has set me free, and I can walk in that victory and just totally believe in it and embrace it. Um, and I think if we, we do that as members of the body of Christ, that's when we'll really begin to shine. Our light will begin to shine in this world. And Jesus himself said, when, your light, when you let your light shine among men, they will see your good works, Amen. and they will glorify your Father who is in heaven. So... We know they can only glorify God by giving their lives to Christ. And so that's really the formula for, you know, reaching the world and reaching the lost. So that's kind of what's been on my heart lately. Uh, I guess I should just say in my last Bible study. <laughs> that's hey, that is strong, man. That that's a, a mini sermon right there. So that's that's uh no, that's a, that's encouraging. I'm I'm right there with you. I, I think we uh we lose sight of it. So that's that's a very strong word uh from Chris Broussard. And and man, I, I could talk to you all day and 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 keep uh keep hearing the the preaching for sure. Um, we'll 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 have to to push pause until next time. Uh, but before I let you go, I got to at least ask you one NBA question. Um, so so I'll say at this point in the year, kind of you know still early in the season, is there an NBA story that you're most intrigued by or surprised by? Well, what I'm one of that I'm intrigued by. Um, obviously, we're all intrigued by Golden State. Oh yeah, but I would say James Harden and Russell Westbrook and their quest to lead the NBA in scoring and assists. Yep. And I think Harden has the best shot, but you know, only one player in history has done that. Tiny Nate Tiny Archibald in 1972 and 73 that that season. So I I'm really watching every night if I, I watch a game or if I can't catch the game, check the box score to see what those two have done to see if they really can hold on and do this. But um, I'm, I like the Lakers, the Los Angeles Lakers, not as a contender or anything like that, 
but I just think their young guys are playing well, and they're finally, after many years, on the right track. Yep. So, um, you know, that those are a few of the storylines that I'm watching as this season begins to unfold. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I liked your thoughts the other day on Speak uh, for Yourself on, on FS1 in regards to James Harden possibly being an, an MVP candidate and how many wins does Houston have to have for that to happen. So that was, that was an interesting one. But, um, but man, I, I appreciate you being a part of the show today. Excited for you at FS1. And, and people can uh, follow you on Twitter, Chris Broussard. And he's got a, a weekend radio show on Fox Sports Radio. And then you can see him with Colin Cowherd and, and Jason Whitlock and uh, Skip Bayless and, and Shannon Sharp all on uh, FS1. So, man, keep up the great work and uh, love what you're doing for the Lord as well and, and the impact that you have on, on so many people. So th- thanks for spending some time with us today. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it, man. Anytime you need me. All right. Well, I appreciate it. There's Chris Broussard, Fox Sports, joining us here on Unpacking It.